Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Sean, did we get Phil back? Uh, I believe we did. Phil, you there? Phil, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Now explain the situation that you're going to Las Vegas and this is your own money? No, your phone stinks. (laughs) Now you killed the show again. Your phone stinks. Something's never changed. Oh, my God. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So Phil called back later to apologize. But you know what? I said, don't apologize. It was great. Your phone is terrible. You were terrible. It didn't work at all. It made the show even better. So don't worry about it. You have an update, Nigel? I do. Uh, when I was putting the show open together, I wanted to reach out and see how things were going out there. So this is what I first got. Bill went out to Las Vegas. He's, he's there as he, we He explained speak. this to me. He went out to Las Vegas. He was staying at a friend's house. Um, all he really paid for was the buy-in to the game, which wasn't that much money. Right. And then he had his money out there to play poker. So they gave him $40,000 worth of chips. That's not his buy-in. That's just sort of the, the, yeah. the, the amount you get. He said after an hour, he had, he had up to $60,000 in chips. So he was wow. off to a very good Walk start. Away, right. Walk so away, Phil. Walk away. He said there was a total of 2,700 entries in the tournament. And when then he texted me at about uh, 11 p.m. yesterday. He said, I'm, I'm at nine. There are 9.52 left, and I'm one of them. Okay. 417 make the money. First place wins $269,000. Moment. Moments later, he said, I just got knocked out. I was in 624th place. Still, of how many? 2,778. Okay, so he's in the top quarter. Yes. So he Very did a well good done. job. Yeah. So he did a good job. I Maybe so. he could buy a phone <laughs> and explain to us what happened when he got back. Yes. So Phil isn't the only absentee today of people listening or of participating in the show. Michael is not here. Michael, as the golf coach at Murray, uh, they have their tournament, the MAC, uh, Whatever the MAC stands for, Middle Atlantic Championship. It's not the MAC. No, it's not the MAC. It's just the MAC. <laughs> so, whatever it is, they have their tournament today. So, he is not with us today. But Jesse is with us. Yes. Uh, and looking out the window right now, wondering where in God's name Michael Where's is. Where's Michael? Because she, you know, she's used to having Michael and Nigel at the same time. But Michael is, we hope, on his way to winning a championship. Absolutely. We hope we don't know. Uh, a couple of things to start with before we get to the NFL. And this is number one. I. Look, where you are listening, I'm not aware of it, okay? I don't – if you're listening right now, you, Bill or Bob or Mary or Jeff, I don't know where you are. Where I am is Washington, D.C. And for the first time yesterday in five months, in May, June, July, August, September, and the middle of May till the middle of October – For the first time in five months, I walked out the door of my house in pants. I'd not done that. I'd worn shorts. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going downtown. You know, I'm just around the neighborhood or going to a store or something like that. And for the first time yesterday morning and this morning, I wore pants. I went and I played golf yesterday in pants. Not just in pants. I played golf in pants, in a long sleeve shirt. In a sweater and a vest, I it was. It's not that it was cold because it was in the high forties and mid fifties. It wasn't cold, but it's much colder than my body was used to. Uh, a month and a half from now, high fifties is going to feel great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to feel great. But it's how you acclimate to what you're doing. And it was you had that experience. I took the. It was forty eight degrees 
yesterday morning at six o'clock when I took the dog out and and I opened the door and said, "Oh no!" <laughs> and I went back upstairs and I put on pants. I'm wearing pants now. I you know it's it's really been a long time. Yes, because of the pandemic, I haven't. Right, I got dressed one time. I did. I did this event for my friend Brent where we taped something at the Building Museum in May. That is the only time I have walked out of my house wearing, I was wearing a suit. The only time I've walked out of my house wearing pants in five months. Yeah, uh, I, as you see, I'm wearing jeans as well. Yeah. Uh, it was it was very brisk. I went for a very long walk around the monuments yesterday. Thought, oh, it's nice. It Maybe you know, it's it's the sort of the change of the seasons. And the wind and the temperature drop made me wish I had been dressed just a little bit warmer on that. But you can definitely feel it. It's turned. It was windy yesterday. Oh, very playing windy. golf. I'll it, bet. it was windy, and I was I had a bunch of layers on, and I you know, it just it felt a little bit odd. Uh, I went out <clears throat> on – did not need that on Saturday. No. I went out Saturday. I'll tell you. Uh, I went out Saturday and played Caves Valley. Caves Valley is a little over an hour from my house. So Michael and I – and it's always a thrill for me to play with Michael and, and the socialite. Ah. We met Steve Fader, who is the club president at Caves Valley, and we played Caves Valley. Caves Valley is gorgeous. You heard me talk about it when they were doing the BMW there. It's just beautiful, and the last round of the BMW with that playoff between Patrick Cantlay, who had the greatest round of putting ever in the history of golf, the greatest round of putting, he really did, and Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, people, people watch that for the hour extra into the playoff, and they, you, know, you, you look at a golf course, you say, wow, I'd like to play there. Well, I had the opportunity, and I played it before, and I, I really like it very much. It was supposed to rain and rain hard, um, on Saturday at about, I don't know, one to two to three or something. Yeah, right like around that. then. Yeah. We were on the 18th hole when it started to rain, and it rained in freezing cold, giant drops of rain that felt like they were ice <laughs> and just melted when they got into the regular atmosphere and then hit you in the head. And in scrambling to get to the golf cart, we were done. That, we were done. That was our 18th hole. It happened to be. Um, seven. It happened to be seven, but it was our 18th hole because we started on eight. Golf carts were waiting for us because that's where we left them. Running to the golf cart, I smashed my head. I do this all the time. I, I smashed my head on the top of the golf cart, opened up a cut that Nigel can see, mm. you know, on the top of my head, which is what happens when you don't have any hair <laughs> as soon as you touch them. But we, a, a wonderful time was had by all. One of the things that is emblematic of caves Caves Valley is they have a great buffet and you after you play you eat and the food is great and I had a really good time and nobody really wants to hear that. Let me get to a couple of games. The early games yesterday were as we say in the trade garbage. Yeah. Almost all of the early games were not close and not interesting and sadly for me one of them was San Diego at Baltimore, two four and one teams. I expected that to be a really good game. It was not a really good game. Baltimore killed them. Yes. It wasn't a really good game. KF. The one game that turned out to be a really good game, and only at the end, was the Carolina Minnesota game. And again, you if you've heard me do this show over any length of time, you know that I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan. This year, Kirk Cousins has, win or lose, put his team into into position to win late every week. He has earned his money yeah. this year, Kirk Cousins. And he did it again yesterday. He got him in position to win. Carolina made this great comeback. 
I believe that Minnesota missed a field goal at one point and then got a touchdown. I think they went into overtime, yeah, and so. Kirk Cousins threw for a touchdown. Yeah, they, they, and Minnesota won that game. That was the only really good game in the morning. In the afternoon, there were three, three or four games, and the the New England game, New England Dallas game was good again. Dak Prescott better than I thought. Yeah, Dak Prescott, and they also were in position to win the game and missed a field goal, and then came back. Yeah, you know they went ahead of. New England, Matt Jones on the first play of the next drive hits like a 75-yard touchdown pass, and then Dallas comes back. Well, it was great because it was right after an interception. I think That's it was right. a pick six, and, and he's right. like, oh, well, that was His Two a- passes in a row went for touchdowns, one for him, one for them. <laughs> right. But Dallas won that game. C.D. Lamb in overtime yeah. scored a touchdown on a pass from Prescott. They're good. Yes, I don't want to say they're great, but they're good. Here, here's what they did. Okay, Dallas... San Diego or Los Angeles went on the road and did nothing in a big game. Dallas went on the road in what people thought was a trap game for them and and ultimately won that game. Dallas showed well. The team I don't want to hear about is Cleveland. I don't want to hear about them anymore. I don't want to hear that they're Super Bowl contenders. They're at home. They're in the exact same position as the Baltimore Ravens. They're at home against a good team. They're at home against Arizona, and Arizona doesn't even have its coach there because he's got the coronavirus and two or three other players. They got the coronavirus, and Arizona has no incentive to win that game. It's not only out of division. It's out of conference. Arizona wins that game. Arizona wins that game fairly convinced. Don't talk to me about Cleveland anymore. Well, don't talk to me. It was that great second half because Cleveland gets the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. That's right. Baker Mayfield throws it up and they catch it. Then they, They're then still down. They, and they force Arizona to go three and out in the very first series of the second half. You think, oh, okay, well, now Cleveland's really going to get on a roll. And then Arizona said, no, we're actually better than you, so watch yeah. this. Arizona's a yeah. good team. Yeah, Kyler are. Murray, he's... Like, <laughs> You may you you may think that Lamar Jackson is the MVP. You may think that Tom Brady is the MVP. You may think that Josh Allen is the MVP, or you may think that right now Kyler Murray is the MVP. Those four guys seem to be a little bit separated from many of the others. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville won its first game, but won it in London, uh, <laughs> prompting me to actually ask, who cares? <laughs> who cares? And the two teams that had upheaval in the last week to 10 days. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders both won. Las Vegas won for Rich Passaggia, whose name I was unfamiliar with until this past week when Gruden left. How much that surprised you that they both won? Uh, yes. Yes, and it also surprises Jeff Ma, who <laughs> took it on the chin. Yeah. Jeff Ma went 1-4, and four, and if you think that's bad, Carville's working on 0-7. Carville, T-Boy Lachelet, <laughs> James, dump that guy because you're 0-6 right now. He even took, remember when, when he took Arkansas? I said, you sure you want to take Arkansas? They yeah. got killed. They did get killed. He's yeah. 0-6 looking at maybe 0-7. He did get the T-Boy Lachelet song. I sent that to him, so he he's loved I'm very sure he happy about that. Chuck yes. Todd at the moment, he's going to win this week. Chuck Todd is 4-2. and two. Waiting on Buffalo and Tennessee, and he took Tennessee. He took the five and a half with Tennessee. So the worst Chuck Todd will be is four and three. Husky lost again. 
Oh, one and two. One and two. Six Cut. and 11 over the year. The monkey's having a bad year. Yeah. It's a tough start for him, isn't yeah. it? Bad year for the monkey. So we will take a break. And when we come back, Michael Wilbon will join us. He is in Washington, however, briefly. He will join us and talk about his high school reunion, his college reunion, and his new favorite team in the world, the Chicago Sky. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. All right, let's do the solo stove ad. Michael is not here. He has experience with the solo stove. But, Nigel, you apparently have recently gotten experience with the solo stove. I ha- I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for the solo stove experience. I have. Some of my friends have, uh, have purchased this. They've heard the show. They've heard Michael talking about it. And so they got this. And it really is brilliant. Because, you know, in this time, it's like, well, do people want to come inside? No, we don't feel great about that. You sit around outside with these solo stoves. You're warm. And the smoke never gets in your eyes. I will say that this is a way to drop a good song title there i will say that this is the perfect time of year it absolutely is yes the october november mix and probably april may and those are the perfect times of year yeah because it's not too cold yet but it's perfect to have that out yeah upgrade your backyard with a solo stove fire pit enjoy the warm ambiance the mesmerizing flames and all the opportunities to create more good moments and lasting memories make the time with your friends and your family richer with a solo stove fire pit. That's pretty good copy. Um, I will just say this. It, it, it's brilliantly engineered and beautifully crafted. It's easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. It's portable. You can take solo stove with you on camping trips, which I don't do. <laughs> and, <coughs> excuse me, and more. Get the perfect fire pit for those fall nights, yeah. And make your backyard a destination with a spectacular fire pit from Solo Stove. Shop the fall event now. Get an extra $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK at checkout. They are so confident you will love it. They offer a lifetime warranty and a 30-day free return policy. Obviously, Chessie wants a solo stove. (laughs) Just go to solostove.com, and remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK. So what should you do, people? Use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. I was fine until I came across your picture. Now the last... This is Ralph Rillen. He's a local performing musician and songwriter and a loyal little. And we love when loyal littles send their stuff in. And this is called Your Picture. It's an original song. It's lovely. Ralph Rillen. Not Bob Dylan. (laughs) Ralph Rillen. Thank you, Ralph. You can listen to it at the end of the podcast, obviously. He plays in Michael Wilbon. I got a million questions for Wilbon. But something happened last night that I was unaware of. I mean, it didn't happen last night. It happened during the day, but I was unaware of it. And I'm going to start with this. And I don't even know if you're aware of it. It's a stunner to me. LSU is getting rid of Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron won the national championship an hour ago with one of the greatest teams ever. One of the greatest seasons of all time. And they're getting, and he's a local. They're, Man, oh man, that conference does not wait around, right? Kneecapping him. Yes. Yeah, I, I saw it on the uh, crawl. And, I, you know, it's just, it's like, okay, you didn't win a championship this year, get out. <laughs> just, right? That's what they do. And so they on, get what they get. They, they, they're the best conference. Um, who knows what their meetings are like when they decide to get rid of people. But when I saw it, I was like, my God. That's, that, that was my reaction, too. And I thought to myself, Nick Saban, 
has been there forever and wins all the time. How great must Nick Saban be? Because if you lose a year and a half in a row, they get rid of you, Mike. It's unbelievable. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't even know who half the coaches are because they're just fired. (laughs) Well, you didn't come in here, son. That guy Saban, you you can't beat him. Didn't get out. Auburn has fired two guys who won national championships or got there, fired them in a year and a half. Ed Orgeron, that's just, and he's local. He's a Louisiana kid. Wow. I just, I can't, you can't, I I, I don't, you can't judge them by the same, in the same way that you judge the other schools and conferences, Tony. You just can't. It's like, it's sort of comic to me. I just, it's, you got to be kidding what yeah. do you make? No, there's no commitment at all. Take so if you're going to coach there, take all the money you can. Just yeah, get the money, absolutely. Because because if you lose three games in a row, they're holding a press conference <laughs> with or without you. Yeah, uh, right. you. You were in Chicago. You went to a high school reunion and a college reunion. How much fun? It was. They were both great. They were great and for different reasons. The high school reunion it was sort of small. You know, it was like, uh, you know, it was my 45th, which is like, oh, my God, am I old and pathetic. So I I just couldn't believe that, you know, it's been 45 years since St. Ignatius College Prep, Tony. So we had that on Saturday night, and it was, uh, you know, 40 guys or so, maybe 35, 40 guys from my class. Right. Each group of, you know, had its own reunion. And it was wonderful. These are people, you know, because I left Chicago when I was – you know, 17 years old and left the region when I was 21. I just, these guys, I haven't seen some of them in in 45 years. And it was sweet. It was it was sweet to just sit around. We just sat around uh, in Ignatius and we, we talked. And it was wonderful. Buffet dinner was great. Um, but the, the Northwestern <laughs> was a much bigger deal. It was much bigger and, and, and took longer to plan. It was delayed for a year. It's my 40th, but I've been out of school 41 years now. Right. And it was a much bigger deal. It was fun. And I was one of the co-chairmans, um, co-host, co- uh, co-whatever you co- with Christine Brennan. Brennan and I were involved in, you know, the whole staging, hosting of the reunion. And um, it's been forty. It's been forty years. And so these are people I see more often. I go back to Northwestern more often, much more often. I mean, all the time. I'm in Northwestern all the time. So that's a little different deal. And uh, but there's lots of stuff going on. We elected a new president. Not elected. We 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 hired a new president to replace Morty Shapiro uh, from the University of Wisconsin system, and she's our first female president at Northwestern. Uh, she's the seventeenth president in history. There's a lot going on. You know, you got Big Ten football game. We're building a stadium, Tony. We're building a football stadium in Northwestern. That's the first time that sentence has been uttered since 1937, I think. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Was there a so, golf so outing? Union is, Did you have a that? golf outing? Anything like that? No no golf outing? For what? You mean golf? Oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, 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 there's no golf. No, 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 that, no, this is, this is. You know, this is the university business. There's no, no, you mean that I play golf during the weekend? No. Yes, yes. No, God, no, no. I haven't play, I've played golf like twice since May. Oh. You know, it's, no, golf is not part of my life like it's part of your life. It's not, it is, not in any way, shape, or form. It no. is my life. It's really <laughs> I, 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 I know that. Yeah, it's all um, that's, like, that's like you asking me that I play golf this weekend like it was part of a reunion. It's like, did you go to the moon? 
Did you did you board a rocket ship this weekend? Well, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I yeah, thought maybe. I, I, I just. Because if I go know. up to Binghamton, it always sort of includes going to play golf, but it's not a reunion. You know, I'm not going to reunions. So I've never been to a college reunion. I've been to a high school reunion. I've never been. I. I'm still closer with high school guys. It's the opposite of you. I'm still yeah. closer with high school guys than I am with college guys. So. No, my best friends in my life are from Northwestern to, to a great degree. Um, I mean, you know a lot of them. And so no, no, I it, do. Doesn't mean, I do. it doesn't mean we don't. We play a lot of golf <laughs> with this group of guys. But, no, the reunion is, I mean, it's a very formal reunion. We had various specific missions that that go on during this and all of them seem to involve some sort of fundraising but it was it was great it really was it 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 it's it's involved you know and i also tony if i could have and because i had reunion activities i could not do i could not participate in the two sporting things that i would have otherwise and because i'm starting you know we're starting to reboot of this you know of of countdown it yeah. essentially starts tonight I got to be in New York for a week, and I hadn't packed. I got had to come home and pack, but I couldn't go to the Bears Packers yesterday, which I would have done, and I couldn't go to the to the to the Sky winning a championship, which I would have done. Um, and I was consumed with those things, as you know. Yesterday, watching them on well, television, let me get to both of them. Let me get to both of them. Um, there's no surprise that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than, than the Bears have. I mean, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers runs to the end zone, and apparently afterwards, because you see it, you don't really hear it, but everybody seems to say, he says, I own you. I've always owned you to the Bears fans. Now, you've watched all of his games against the Bears, and he does own the Bears, right? He does. does. Of course, of course he does. (laughs) And Aaron Rodgers, just like Brett Favre uh, before him, those guys spend so much time in Chicago. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not some stranger. It's not like him going out and beating the Cardinals in the desert or something. Aaron, he's down the street. You know, I mean, I, mean, I always tell you about how, you know, Chicago's the hub of the Midwest. It's, it's different than any other big city in that way. And that people in Wisconsin, all of Wisconsin, they aspire to come to Chicago. Brett Favre used to spend his off days, his Tuesdays, he used to spend a lot of those in Chicago. Aaron Rodgers probably, I don't know his habits as well, but you'd hear about Favre's. So, yes, so Rodgers, you know, he said last week the one team he would never play for is the Bears. That's the way it should be. Yeah. And he loves it. You know he loves coming down there and playing like that at Soldier Field. And so that's, that's like kinfolk, you know, with him coming down there and winning those games like that. And he'll do it until he retires. He'll do it until he takes the uniform off. All right, let me get to, and I know you care about the WNBA final very much, and let me tell people this. I'm, I'm sitting and I'm watching the NFL, because that's what I do on Sunday. I watch the NFL. I didn't even, you know, I would have watched the baseball. It was on in the afternoon, but it wasn't on in the afternoon, so I didn't have to make that choice. I'm watching the NFL, and I get a text from Wilbon about how Phoenix has beaten Chicago, and now there will be a game five, and Wilbon will root for Chicago and love Chicago. So because that happens, I turn on the television set. I go to ESPN, which was carrying that game, right, Mike? ESPN had that yes, game. Yes, oh, yes. And I'm watching the victory celebration of the Chicago Sky. <laughs> and I call Wilbon, I go, what? What are you talking about? What? So what happened? Well... We were down 16 in the fourth. 
Let me repeat, down 16. That's a lot. And I was just in despair. I mean, they're playing terribly on defense, and they played great defense. They had just beaten Phoenix by like 50 in the previous game, in game three in Chicago. And by the way, unlike a lot of cities, probably unlike most cities, these games are sold out. They're sold out in a small arena but packed called the Wind Trust is where DePaul plays its games and other things go on there. It's a beautiful little arena, little relatively, you know, 7,500, maybe 8,000 people. Sold out. Standing room seats have been sold. My brother decided, like, Saturday, you know what, I'm going to go and see this. I'm going to go and see this game. I'll get some tickets. They can't be more than three, 400 bucks because, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. I said, Don, you go to the game? He goes, no. I can't get seats for less than $1,200. That's it. $1, We're not going to that. $100. We're not banging that out there. No. <laughs> for the sky and, and, and Phoenix. Okay. So, but we're down 16. The place is, like, we just knew this was going to happen because they beat Phoenix by 100 in game three. And, you know, they just, I mean, inch by inch they came back. And Phoenix missed layups, Tony. They missed open layups that 70-year-old dudes don't miss at the YMCA. You texted me that they lost. And Tony, I turned I over, it, and they were winning. Just, I thought it was going to be over. I was so <laughs> upset. And I, I, I cared much more about the sky yesterday than I cared about the Bears losing the Packers. I not give a damn about the Bears losing the Packers. The Bears were going to lose to the Packers. <laughs> but the, I wanted this championship, and I wanted it for Candace Parker, who I – you know, we we have become friends, and I, and and I mean, you know, I I mean, I love Candace Parker anyway, but the fact that she left L.A. where she had a successful career and had won a championship in the at the end of her the prime of her life, and she came back home to Chicago, she said, you know what, enough of L.A. I'm going back home. We're going to do this at home. I mean, this was, you know, Tony. Everybody, everybody's city right now, most every city has its challenges, and they are you know, produced by, you know, COVID and, uh, and things that became before the pandemic and things that have come after the pandemic. And Chicago, you know, in its own way, is, is sort of in need right now, in need of a boost. And this, I mean, when I was in Chicago, over the weekend, the number of people talking about it, the number of people who got emotionally invested in it was inspirational. And it's because largely of Candace Parker. And the other women on the team that I know, I follow this team. I go to some games in the summer. I just went to games. Allie Quigley, who, who I got to know. I won't even get into the circumstances. But she's a shooter who scored like 26 points yesterday. Bombed. She just bombed it away. And she led the comeback in terms of offense. But, yeah, yeah, I, was, I, I just did not want to have to go to game five in Phoenix. And, Tony, here's the irony. I root for I root for Phoenix usually. Yes, I do. No I root for them. I know they're, they're players too. But I'm only you know you tease me about owning homes, which I only own one other. I you know I'm I'm from Chicago, dude. I'm only from one place. I root That's for right. one thing above all else. If it's says Chicago across the chest. All right, I'll and get so you out of here on this. play and they won. And it was spectacular. I'll get you out of here on this. Three teams in the NFL. I wanted to talk about one Cleveland because I don't ever want to talk about Cleveland again. I'm tired of Cleveland. I'm tired of people telling me they're a Super Bowl team. They were at home and they got their brains beat out. Okay, so I don't really want to talk about them. Baltimore, which was in a similar circumstance, 
at home against a good team and pounded the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I talk about them. And, and I know you hate this, the Dallas Cowboys, they, they had stones yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is better than I ever imagined he was. I'm not saying New England's a great team, but those were dire circumstances, and Dallas won those games. So you would, what do you think of those three? Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. Well, Dallas still, Dallas barely beat a team that's lost that's four a, home games in a row. So I'm, I'm not, okay. you know, okay. Dallas has done this a lot of seasons. And then we get to Thanksgiving and we go, yeah, right. Okay. Now, Dallas is better than that. Dallas, is, it looks to be better than that. But Baltimore, if I was doing power index, Baltimore would be right up there behind Buffalo, which I guess didn't. Who plays tonight? They play tonight. Who? Uh, Tennessee. Buffalo. At Tennessee. Buffalo at oh, Tennessee wow. tonight. Yeah. So I was most impressed with Baltimore yesterday, like you. Me too. Me and too. Cleveland, so Cleveland Ugh. is your Kansas City. Yes. For me, it's, I'm tired of Kansas City. I'm tired of hearing the talk on right. our network. And other networks, NFL Network too, about the dynasty of the Kansas City Chiefs. Dynasty of one. I'm tired of them. I'm, it's not even I'm tired of them. I, I'm not tired of them. I'm tired of the people assessing them. My that's how I feel about Cleveland. I do. Okay, I'm just but, shut I, up that's about what I Cleveland. Said. They're your Kansas yeah. City. Yes, you're and right. So, so you know, ball, I mean, Cleveland. I'm, I'm over. I rooted against Cleveland actively two years ago. <laughs> When people preposterously announced them a contender or we assume to be or whatever it was. And um, so I was, I'm, I'm usually glad to see Cleveland lose, although I'm, I'm, I'm sort of over that now. I think they actually could have been or could still be if they get themselves together. And Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be out for weeks. If, he, if not now, then going forward, if, if he can't get over this. And I, I don't wish that on Baker Mayfield or anybody. So Cleveland, I'm like you. I'm like, okay, you know, wake me when they when they're real. Dallas, I'm not buying into yet. Not not at the level that others are. And what was the third team? Baltimore. Oh God, they're good. Come on, they're man. really good. Come on, Lamar Jackson. Then really, are we still talking about whether he can throw the ball or not? He, they're I mean, they're good. I, I mean, they're that, good. That's not even a topic. They're, no. Right now, who's better than them? Uh, maybe Buffalo. Right. That's it. Maybe, that's, that's it. it. That's maybe all. Buffalo or maybe Tampa. You know, Tampa Bay is. Uh, I don't know about Tampa, but, but, but okay, Arizona. Listen, they're, they're the Arizona. I, I don't. Maybe Arizona. I don't yeah, think look, so. Look, here's the thing, though. I believe in that old coach's adage, and I know you heard this from people like Louis Carnesecca and Billy Cunningham and all the coaches you covered your whole life. Just like I heard it from John Thompson and Joe Gibbs and the people that that we both covered all our lives, and it goes something like this. First you win, then you get good. Yeah. And the Arizona Cardinals are at the point now where they, they can are get good. winning habitually, and they That's look right. on the verge of good. That's they right. They look on the verge of really good. Like they, they may come the, into your place and ransack it. They may. They and have the most exciting guy in the game. Kyler Murray is the most exciting guy. yesterday. And so, He's so five the Arizona Cardinals, player. it's like, okay <laughs> – you know, they, they're starting to look around. It's kind of like the Phoenix Suns did in basketball last year. You know, first you win, and it builds habits. And if you have a great player and a leader, you can become damn good. That's the right. Arizona Cardinals Takes a while. look to be there. And the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns are not. No. All right. Have fun in New York. I'll see you later. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Thanks.
Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Tim Kirchin. We haven't talked about baseball at all. We're going to talk to Tim Kirchin about baseball when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad. Nigel, you, you have, tell your experience with Indochino is better than anything I could do. <laughs> Jesse now jumping on Nigel. <laughs> She's excited about Indochino, as yeah. am I. I have, or she could use a new suit. You know, she really could. I'm sure a dog suit for Chessie would be brilliant. Yeah. I could measure it with my yardstick and rope, as I did for myself when I first got my, uh, my, my very first Indochino suit. I got it for a wedding. I looked brilliant. I loved it so much. I got two more suits. Fits me like a glove. You've seen me out in this yes, suit. Yes, looks great. Yeah, it looks fantastic. You you can customize it any way you want, and it's very affordable. It's just a brilliant deal. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. You can choose everything about your suit from the fabric, the lapel, the size of the lapel, the monogram, if you want your own monogram or somebody else's, and statement <laughs> linings, like Nigel has the Union Jack inside. Yes. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly, and the best part Indochino suits start at just $399. All of these customizations are included. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more way to get great fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. They were way ahead on this. This is what everybody's doing now. They're the first, and they do it best. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at, and I will spell Indochino for you, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code Tony K. By all means, use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. As a Dodger fan, I have to say I really was dismayed. The ending of Game 5, I have to say I was dismayed, 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 I really was dismayed. Wilmer Flores didn't go around, I have to say, and even as a Dodger fan, I truly was dismayed, 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 one half hour I was dismayed, then I went and had a beer and started thinking about the Braves. <laughs> the great Dan Byrne. It's the great Dan Byrne talking about the check swing. That was indeed a check swing that ended a series that the Dodgers were so emotionally invested in. It's hard for me to believe there's not a carryover into the Braves series. I'm not going to waste a lot of time with my rants about how there should be reseedings and all of that. But we have Tim Kirkchin on. And so we'll start with this. The Dodgers have dropped two games late. They certainly led last night. I don't know if they led in game one, but they may have led in game one as well. The Braves have had two walk-offs, both at home, so that's not necessarily crippling for us in a seven-game series. But if you're the Dodgers right now, Tim, you got to be thinking, what are we doing wrong here, right? Yeah, Tony. The only solace for them is that they started out 0-2 against the Braves in the same LCS last year and were down three games to one. And if it weren't for a terrible base-running mistake by the Braves in Game 7 of the NLCS, the Dodgers would have not gone to the World Series last year. So they have something to draw from. We were in this spot last year, and we came back and won. But 
Things are different right now, Tony. The Dodgers have some pitching issues, believe it or not, with injuries and illnesses and everything else. Their offense is not as, even though they led the league in run scored, not as great as it was last year because Max Muncy, a critical guy, is hurt. And maybe, Tony, they have run into a Braves team that really has something special going on here. The Braves have the best record in baseball since the trade deadline. They finished with 12 wins out of in 14 games. They beat the Brewers, I thought handily in the in the LC in the LDS and now they won the first two games of the LCS on a walk-off. Only four teams have ever done that in games 1 and 2. So something special might be happening with the Braves and the Dodgers have a, have really have some work to do to get themselves back in this. So I, because I'm a Nats fan, I watch the Braves a lot. And so I have more respect for the Braves than a lot of people around the country have for the Braves. They look at the Braves and they say they're in the playoffs all the time and they never get to the World Series anymore, so they're not that good. But they have really good starting pitching. And they're winning, even though Freddie Freeman, their best player, has not put the bat on the ball in this series, right? He struck out every time, I think. He hasn't done anything. So if if they can win without him, they can win, right? Right. They can beat the Dodgers, and they can win the World Series. And I'm not suggesting either one of those things is going to happen yet, but I repeat, something different is going on there. And Freddie Freeman did fly out in his final at-bat oh, okay. Okay. Uh, last night. But, Tony, he struck out in seven consecutive yeah. postseason plate appearances. David Justice struck out in eight in a row in 2001. That's the record. And Freddie Freeman is one of the best players in the game, the reigning MVP in the National League. It's that huge homer off Josh Hader. And after the homer, he struck out in seven straight plate appearances. Speaking again to how great and how difficult this game is when our best players look like our worst players once in a while. That's why this game is just so appealing to me. Let me ask you the question that I've had on my mind for years, actually. I mean, I would like to hate Freddie Freeman because he kills the Nats. But I like Freddie Freeman. He seems such an honorable guy. People are at first base when they get singles. They stop and talk to Freddie Freeman for what seems to be an hour. And they're always smiling and so is he. What is the deal with him? Is he, is he that well-liked, well-thought-of? Yes, everybody loves Freddie Freeman. And, like, for instance, when before the Josh Hader game, which delivered them to the next series, we, Freddie Freeman had been swinging the bat terribly. We asked him before the game because I covered that series. And he goes, oh, I, I just stink right now. I just stink. And then he hit a home off Josh Hader. That's who he is. And, yes, everyone in the league loves Freddie Freeman, and they should. He's a great guy, self-deprecating, doesn't make a big deal out of himself ever. And he talks to more players coming to first base than anyone I've seen other than Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn, former Nat, was the number one guy who would speak to anyone who came to first base and wouldn't shut up no matter what. I did a story on the sounds of the game once, and I was told that, Adam Dunn will talk more than any first baseman, and if there's no one on first, he'll talk to the umpire because he has to talk to somebody during the game. Okay, that makes sense. You mentioned the Dodgers' pitching problems. Uh, Max Scherzer said he had a dead arm. He went out there after saving a game. He went out there on short rest. They put Urias in the game, and he got lit up, which means he can't probably start game three, I wouldn't think. I don't know. I guess they'll start Bueller in three. But I guess my overall question is, where is Kershaw? Kershaw was pitching last month, I thought. Where is Kershaw? 
Yeah, he's hurt, Tony, and he's not coming back this year. He made that clear after he hurt his forearm, which forearm usually is a really bad red flag leading to Tommy John surgery. I'm not saying he's going to have that, but he's injured enough that he's not going to pitch in this postseason. And, Tony, this really hurts them because, remember, last year with Kershaw at his, close to his best in the postseason, they were allowed to take Urias and move him around, which they did brilliantly. He started, he pitched in short relief, he pitched in long relief, he got the last out of the World Series. Yes, He was yes. great. They don't have that luxury now, but they're still trying to work him that way. So I say their pitching's in trouble because, again, Max Scherzer was not right last night. 79 pitches and he's exhausted. That that's a bit of a red flag. Arias is going to start game four, not game three, and they're in great hands with Walker Bueller in game three. But, you know, with, with all sorts of issues, they're just not as dominant a pitching staff as they could be because of fatigue and other things. Could you see Clayton Kershaw never coming back to the Dodgers? Uh, no, my hesitation. Yes, I can yeah. see him never pitching for the Dodgers again. However, I think I think he will be, and I think he will likely finish his career with the Dodgers because he's one of the greatest pitchers of his generation, certainly. Um, and I don't see how the Dodgers can let him get away. However... It all depends how badly he's injured. And he's a Texas guy, and there are people yep. who think he'd yep. love to go finish his career with the Rangers and all that stuff. But I think one way or another, he's going to end up finishing his career with the Dodgers. But that's a very complicated spot right now. Let me get to the other series, which is tied at one uh, big-hitting teams, Houston and Boston. What do you make of that at this point? Are you surprised it's 1-1, or does that seem reasonable to you? It's reasonable, Tony, and I'm not surprised by anything in that series. And you talk about teams that have pitching issues. Oh, my goodness. The Astros aren't sure who's going to start day-to-day now. I mean, Lance McCullers, their best pitcher, is out for the series. Luis Garcia had a great rookie year. Basically, had to come out after one inning because his knee was bothering. Now, they're going to keep him on the roster. He says he can pitch, but I don't know where the innings are going to come from Tony for the Astros and the Red Sox have similar starting pitching issues. There's just other than Nate Evaldi, you can't look at anyone, including Chris Sale, and say, "Oh, they're great hands there." So there are going to be a ton of runs scored in that series. Tony, by the way, in this postseason, the average start by a starting pitcher is four innings. Four innings. This is where we are now more than ever. We're, we're pitching starters in relief. We we relieve uh, we put start relievers to start games. It's yeah. crazy, and this is how the game is operating now, especially late in the season when guys are gassed. Yeah, it, it's so different from when I was young. And your starting pitcher always gave you at least seven, always, and often gave you nine. I mean, regularly gave you nine. Those days are completely gone now, and I don't know. It it, it just it creates a lot of tension when I watch a game. I, I, I would ask you this. Um, the Fenway crowd is going to want to boo Houston, but their manager was on that Houston team, and their manager got popped for a year for being on that Houston team. 
Uh, Alex Cora's record in the playoffs is astonishingly good. Is there a conflict there? Do you think they'll boo the Astros tremendously? And do you think when they do, Cora will have any mixed emotions about it? Yeah, he, he's, he's very contrite about all of this. He knows what he did. He's not in any way proud of it. He's ashamed of it. And he's, he's owned up to it in so many different ways. And he will again when this series starts, because he's going to see exactly what you're talking about. They're yeah. booing the Astros, and they might as well be booing me because I was a part of that. That's right. I don't anticipate the booing to be quite as great tonight as it would be in L.A. and New York, because Alex Cora is connected to that controversy. And he is uh, he had another great year as a manager, and the Red Sox are where they are in large part because of the manager. So I expect Fenway to be crazy tonight, but I expect it to be cheering the Red Sox much more than booing the Astros. So Hinch has a job and Cora has a job. Beltran doesn't. Lunau doesn't. Do you think they'll ever get back into baseball? Yeah, I think Beltran will. And I wouldn't be astonished if he were the next manager of the Mets. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I don't think that's out of the question. Lunau is a different case. I don't see him getting back in. Um, You know, what he did uh, was reprehensible on certain levels and to to say I, I knew nothing about what was going on I, I just can't buy that and Carlos Beltran had another career as a really good player so I expect him to be to manage someday maybe not the Mets their next manager but he'll be back in Jeff Luno I don't think so all right handicap the series for us one is one one and that resumes tonight and one is oh two and that resumes Tuesday who you got well, I'm going to have to go with the Braves because they have a 2 nothing lead, even though, like yep. I said, the same thing happened last year. But I really like the way that they're playing, and it's almost like destiny's on their side now when it's been so against them for so many years here. And maybe the Red Sox are going to beat the Astros. I love the Astros lineup. That team can really, really hit. But they're starting pitching issues, especially – might put them in a bad spot against the Red Sox, who have three games in a row now at home. So I'm going to say the Braves should play the Red Sox in the World Series at at this juncture, and I'm not sure I would have ever thought that, you know, three weeks ago. Thank you, Tim. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Tony, take care. Tim Kirkjian, boys and girls. Love Tim Kirkjian. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair ad. I now have some personal experience with the X-Chair. I looked at the back of my X-Chair, and I saw there were some buttons. Oh, really? So I pressed them, and <laughs> I got happened? the massage Oh, yeah, and some heat and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't do it all the time because I'm really terrified right, you press the of electrocuting myself. <laughs> but the, for people who like actually live in the real world... X-Chair is fabulous. From the first moment I sat in the X-Chair, my body immediately said, oh, this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. And I'd never actually looked forward to sitting in my office because I never actually had an office <laughs> until I got my X-Chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? X-Chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? X-Chair can. It's all in the LMAX, uh, LMX rather, massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for... It's on. I got this. I got this. I... 
I got it. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort, X-Chair. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free, 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair will be, you'll never go back. Go to xchairtony.com right now. That's the letter X, the word chair, T-O-N-Y.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. XChairTony.com. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Hello, Houston, Richie's town. Hello, head coach, you be proud. <laughs> Taking classes at Hewlett High School, sounding too much like you, you it, and dining at a lower tower's walk, cause when I talk, the age is silent, and I also say donkey. <laughs> Just brilliant. Brilliant. Dylan Riss in Los Angeles. It's brilliant. The H is silent, and I do say donkey. <laughs> I do. I love that. God, I really love that. That's wonderful. You have the Bethesda bagel ad for us. We got sandwiches today. Yes, uh, we got the bagel sandwiches today. Uh, always very happy about that. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. All right, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say Captain Fantastic, raised and regimented, hardly a hero, just someone his mother might know. Very clearly a case for cornflakes and classics. Two T's, both with sugar, please, in the back of an alley. That's Elton John. That is. That's, that is Captain Fantastic. And the Brown Dirt Cowboys. Yes. Yeah, from the earth to your town or something like that. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Tim Kirkchen. Thanks to our sponsors, Indochino, Solo Stove, and X-Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me read a few of these we got over the last few weeks. This is from Chip Robinson in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Booger McFarland seems super knowledgeable. Played at LSU and his real first name is Anthony, which astute listeners will know is often shortened to Tony, as in my case, I <laughs> parenthetically. Is it possible he's T-Boy? No, because T-Boy stands for Tiny Boy. Yeah. And Booger's not tiny. <laughs> you know, and T-Boy Latchley, he's looking at 0-7. Looking at 0-7. Tough week for T-Boy. From Joe Checky in Dunedin or Dunedin, New Zealand, former visitor to Chatter and Syasset, Long Island, the All Blacks. That is their, That's their rugby, rugby team. team. Yes. National rugby team. Will return to USA for the first time since 2016 when they take on the USA Eagles at FedEx Field in Washington on Saturday, October 23rd in the inaugural 1874 Cup. That's next Saturday, That's this right? Saturday, yes. Will I see your face in the crowd shots on my TV? No. <laughs> no, you will Definitive. not. But I, but I will be there in spirit, though yes. not in body. From Mason White in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I don't know if I'm old or just unfunny, but I was helping some of my high school students with a science worksheet, and every time I said microwave instead of microwave, nobody laughed. <laughs> Kids today, am I right? Yeah. Microwave, come on now. From Steve Tischer 
in Richmond, Virginia. I learned so many useful facts listening to the podcast. Steel is grown in Finland. Mm-hmm. Raccoons may be part of the cat family, yep. etc. But the latest has that shown them all. Meundies are made from beechwood trees. Who knew? My first thought when I hear beechwood is Budweiser. Beechwood yeah. aging has well, been part yeah. of their advertising for a century. So the only conclusion I can make is if you filter beer through some meundies, it'll taste like Bud. And that explains a lot. Mm. I like that. I like that. By the way, he says of Richmond, known as that place on 95, just south of the, south of the RV Megalot. <laughs> from Ken Wegener. Nigel and Tony, thanks so much for reading my email. I was back from the Boston Marathon today, and my wife yelled down to me in my office, and I thought the house was on fire. No, she just heard my email about to be read on the show. An update on my Boston Marathon goal. I was cruising along through mile 24 at 6.45 per mile pace. Wow. That's fantastic. Then the rolling hills of Boston caught up with me, and I ran the last two miles at 7.45 and 8.45 to finish at three hours and three minutes. Of course, my wife, Erin, also a loyal little, got to see me at my worst with one mile to go chugging along. Nonetheless, I'm proud of my time, and I had a great experience in Boston. Thanks again. To even run it. Yes. And to run it that close to three hours. That's and to brilliant. be cruising along at 6.45 per yeah. mile. Yeah, Come you're on. doing well, lad. Come on. Come on. From Doug, That's fantastic. From Doug Adams in Superior, Colorado. Is that a value judgment or a sound? <laughs> Superior, Colorado. I've been listening to you long enough to know that unless the wedding comes to you, I'll... Uh, Jamie Julian and Robert Berg, you aren't attending anyone's wedding. But this weekend, Laurie Sherwood and I are getting married at a castle in the highlands of Scotland. We'll be traveling to the Isle of Skye and Scotland's North Coast 500 for our honeymoon. I was hoping I could be the official correspondent from Highland Scotland for two weeks. I think they're already there because this was sent to me over a week ago. So, yes, absolutely. Yes, congratulations. Yes. Stephen Ewing in New Albany, Mississippi. I just wanted to drop you a note and say that as one of your 10 readers, I fully expect this email to be read. After all, it's not like you have a lot of other options. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, from Doug Meppelink, the woman to whom I am now uh, recently related by marriage graduated with her doctorate, not that kind of doctor, from UC Santa Barbara this past June and has family in Pasadena. So when Chuck Todd talked about the Barack Obama Highway somewhere between Santa Barbara and Pasadena, I instinctively shouted, hey, I know that highway. I've driven it many times. And Chuck is correct. It's not the best part. It's not great, not bad, just fine. This has to count as a David Aldrich moment, right? I'll take my answer off the air. No, it does. P.S. If you could please let Chuck know that if his daughter decides to go to UCSB, we'd be more than happy to pass along our recommendations. Go Gauchos. That's very nice. That is nice. And from Neil in Rockville. I think you'd appreciate the following partial conversation that occurred in my car Saturday, Sunday rather, Returning home from Parents Weekend at Syracuse, traveling south on I-81, about 10 miles north of Binghamton. I know this road. Yeah, that's you know it well. Above 81 was a flashing sign, Speedy Festival, expect delays. Yes, they have, a, they have two things in Binghamton. They got the Hot Air Balloon Festival and they got the Speedy Festival. My wife... What the heck is a speedy, uh, a spidey fest? <laughs> Me, it's pronounced speedy. Wife, how do you know and what's a speedy? Me, a speedy is a meat sandwich. Could be chicken, I add parenthetically, but not as good, which has a special sauce and is served only in the Binghamton area. Wife, how do you know that? Me, well, Kornheiser went to school in Binghamton, at which time she gives me a look and puts her earbuds <laughs> back in her ears. <laughs> Tremendous. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I was fine until I came across your picture. Now the last thing I am is feeling fine. 
I'm surprised as I can be that your love is still with me. It used to be my dream to be with you and for you to love me too. As I look down upon your face, all my feelings seem so out of place. It's just like that, I can see the way you used to look at me. I remember how you made me I was your everything And how we tried Oh, how we tried Was in vain Why our love Didn't have a chance Is not a mystery Your love is still with me It used to be my dream to be with you And for you to love me too And it makes me wonder If you ever think of me
Dodger fan, I have to say I really was dismayed The ending of game five, I have to say I was dismayed Dismayed, dismayed, I really was dismayed Wilmer Flores didn't go around, I have to say And even as a Dodger fan, I truly was dismayed Dismayed, dismayed, one half hour I was dismayed Then I went and had a beer and started thinking about the Braves. <laughs>